0: This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet, online at safernet.com.
1: You've tuned into I Work For Him, the voice of collaboration for the faith and work movement.
0: We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now.
1: We got a new youth pastor when I was 15 or 16 years old. The youth pastor didn't take the time to really get to know me. He just judged me and said he didn't believe my faith was real. All because I was a little goofy and a little girl crazy. who wasn't both of those things in high school. Well, now I'm 57 and I'm still a little goofy and crazy about my girl, Martha. But my faith was very real at 16. Even though my youth pastor refused to invest his life into me, one of the volunteer youth sponsors, Mike, invested his life in me. That investment in my life has made a difference for 40 plus years. Now, was Mike discipling me or mentoring me? Many would argue that being a disciple maker is inherently different than being a mentor. I disagree mentors help someone become more like themselves disciple makers help someone become more like jesus discipleship invites someone to follow us as we follow jesus and then step aside so that they can learn directly from the master himself i argue that mike poured his jesus life into my life and taught me not just about jesus but about life and jesus i got to live life with him and it changed me forever thank you mike today we're going to dig deeper into the reality of discipleship and mentoring and its impact on us. And our two guests today, John and Liz Jacobs, they live this each and every day. John and Liz, thanks for joining us here on iWork for Him.
2: Thanks, guys. This is fun to be here.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: You know, if you try to focus on becoming more like Jesus, then mentoring someone is not getting them to try to be like you, but Jesus in you, right, John?
3: Yeah, yes. But I'm going to just right away say... I every time we've done it, I want to make discipleship or mentoring accessible and casual. So if we use words, discipleship accountability, and i'm gonna I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna pour Jesus into you, the the guys that I'm doing this with, the professionals at an executive level, can be intimidated. So I'm gonna agree with you and say yes, but every time I try to do it, I bring the tone down and make it really casual um, so that they are receptive. And then over a year's time, um, they grow to be more like Jesus just by watching.
0: I love that because Jim and I actually were arguing about this today because I'm like, well, why does it even ma- matter what we call it? But the, it's the, all of the stereotype, I think, that goes with it when you're discussing it. So what do, how do you refer to it, John, when you are talking with the guys that you're working with?
3: Working I just call it accountability group. So okay. for, for me, it's an accountability breakfast So it's uh, that that takes the stigma off of it um, to get them to join. But then they learn pretty quickly. It's deeper than that.
0: Awesome. And Liz, what about for you? How do you um, I don't know what what do you how do you refer to what it is that God is calling you to do with people in this mentoring discipleship conversation?
2: Yeah, well, there's been a couple of people that I've intentionally met with on a weekly basis for a long period of time, and we just called it um kind of mentoring discipleship i'm not worrying about those because these are young girls i've met through my church maybe they've called the church and asked is there somebody older than me that would meet with me so they were maybe even looking for it actively so those words are okay kind of in my context but um as far as watching me or watching jesus and me i always think about the big daddy weave song Um, i'm not sure if it's called my story but you know if i tell you my story I got to talk about Jesus. That's my story. Yeah, and yeah. so it's been great for me to be in these situations consistently through, well, high school, because I get to share my life through the lens of what God really is doing in my life or what I'm learning about God. And I just appreciate another opportunity to be intentional about those conversations and not just hang out and have coffee and tell me about your boyfriend. And that's so great. Or what, how's school for you? It's really about. Asking the deeper questions and where are you finding God in that, or what does the scripture mean to you? Or I remember when I was there and this is what I learned. So I'm trying to be really intentional about it. So, I, discipleship is a fine word for me for those girls that are definitely younger than me or just really new in their faith.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: When was the first time, Liz, that someone other than your parents invested their Jesus life into you?
2: Well, definitely middle school, but I was 12 and my mom became a Christian. So I wouldn't say my childhood was really full of God. We fought all the way to church. I wore shoes that were too small and a dress I hated. So going to church was not something fun for the six kids and my parents. We were, you know, half hour away and always late, and I didn't know anyone there. So, But I immediately got involved in the great church. Our family did right away, and I just was in a middle school Bible study. And it was a gal who was out of college living in the house, um, kind of working and volunteering for the church and working as a journalist in town. And she just signed up to do a Bible study and I went to it and it was six years that we met together. Wow.
0: So John, what about for you? Was there somebody that you can remember that first started having this kind of relationship with you?
3: Yeah, easy. Uh, I was a coach, um, was a, a football coach, track coach, uh, computer teacher, math teacher, one guy. I, we just kept running in. God just kept colliding us uh and then i uh was invited to fellowship christian athletes and through that this coach just we connected and and it is a lifetime of pouring in but i i had a lot to learn was raised catholic um so it was a very faith-filled family um but i had to learn what it was to be in the word to understand what a personal relationship was i needed a whole lot of discipleship to just understand how to experience god differently not not better or worse, just differently than I had growing up. And Mike was uh, was that for me, which ultimately led to an FCA leadership conference in Estes Park, Colorado, where I heard that first invitation and it led me to the next morning, climb the mountain next to Estes Park and literally accept Christ on a mountaintop at sunrise. So thank you, Mike Cooper. Wow. Sorry, still in touch with Mike Cooper today. Oh, yeah. He at, was at, in our wedding. Yeah. At least month. At least monthly. wedding? You got yeah. married 30 years ago, I'd t- say. <laughs> today. I mean, <laughs> you still touch with him today. I
2: mean, like, he was an important part then and has continued to be. Yes. Yeah,
1: at
3: least monthly yeah. interaction with
2: yeah. poop.
1: Mm, that's awesome. So you would say that somebody older than you mm, impacting or inserting their life into yours, introducing you to Jesus, it made a pretty big impact then on your trajectory where you are today?
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah, eternal impact.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just learned from the very beginning of my faith how to be vulnerable and just share with another woman who was, you know, um, a lover of Jesus and loved youth and, you know, did things well in her relationships and challenged me to do the same and saw a hungry heart to connect with her. And, yeah, I learned from the very beginning that that's where a lot of growth really happens.
0: Mm. What a blessing to have those kind of examples very clearly in both of your lives. I mean, I know that you probably hold them very dearly and know how precious that is, um, and that not everybody experiences that. But when we think about the fact that you both were very young when when these relationships were happening and these people were pouring into you, but you know, there's a lot of people that make generalizations and assume that today's younger generation don't want to have this conversation. But we know that that's not true. And one of our favorite resources mm-hmm. that we want to highlight today is by Grant Skeldon, and it is his book called The Passion Generation, where he is speaking as a spokesperson for his own generation to say, we're hungry for this. We want relationships with people that are a little bit further on down the road than me in life and in a spiritual journey. And so I just want to encourage our listeners to... um Look at the link that I'm putting in the show notes for that book and check it out. Grant actually wrote chapter 16 in our book, I Retire For Him, that gives you a really good perspective of what goes on inside of his book, The Passion um, Generation. But they are longing for this relationship and, and we know that not enough people are stepping up into that role. And so I hope that this show today will encourage people to look at their own lives because I love, both of you have talked about this is a casual decision. I mean, it's a very intentional decision in your lives, but you're not following some, you know, 20 chapter manual on how to do it. And so I know we're going to dig into that a little bit well, more.
1: And, and, and really what I'm seeing out there is that when I was, when first you heard the words discipleship and, and many churches we've been to, it's like a program. Here you go. 16 week discipleship program. You're in, you're out, you're done, you're good. And that's not at all what we're talking about. And that's not what the Passion Generation book, the Grant Skelton Roots, is not talking about either. He's like, just let me walk with you through life. Let me experience what you experience. I know we're going to talk about Jesus along the way, but I just need somebody that's not where I'm at to show me how I can deal with it when I get there.
0: In fact, he calls those people they're looking for chronologically superior. So somebody who's Uh, just a little uh, bit, what a beautiful way to say it, right? Not somebody older than me or having experienced more life, but chronologically superior. So it it gives it a nice little positive spin.
1: (laughs) All right. So John, have you ever heard this saying, everybody should have a Paul in their life, a Barnabas in their life and a Timothy. What's it mean to you?
3: Yeah. Well, uh, for me, it's, uh, I need somebody chronologically superior. Uh, I'm going to use that Uh, chronologically superior that is teaching me. Then somebody that I'm serving with doing ministry with, and then somebody that I'm pouring into. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. we actually asked all of our kids to have those three things in their lives while they were in high school and they kind of had to report back to us and tell us well at
3: least our younger two well and we at, at some point my wife who's smarter than me figured out that sometimes we actually had to pay for that so seriously
2: That's true. we did um there were people that um were maybe doing the job our kids dreamed about and wanting to do And uh one of those people were running the A B at our church and our oldest really interested in that, but maybe not gonna put himself out there to shake all the hands or volunteer for all of it. He, you know, responded well and people would come to him. And so I just gave a twenty dollar bill to this dude and said, I would love to buy you lunch if you'll take my son out and just talk to him about what you do and teach him about it and ask him if he'd be interested and talks a lot about you at home and at dinner. He's watching what you're doing. I think you're an awesome person and um and um he was like, yeah, I love your kid. I'm like, well, let me I'll buy take you. the
1: twenty. You take, <laughs> yeah,
2: and don't, and don't today him.
1: twenty wouldn't do. You have to have a fifty, but you yeah, know, yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm like, don't tell him I gave you the twenty, but I'd love to buy you lunch. And if you would just, you know, call him, I I'd love to give you a heads up that he's really watching you really closely. And we just did that to people along the way, and it was great. I think people love to know that because there's a lot of people that. Wouldn't be against any of that, but maybe they just don't consistently make room in their lives to spend that time
3: with other people. Well, and our kids wouldn't have responded. If if they just invite our kids to go to lunch and they're going to talk about church AV or they're going to talk about athletics or they're going to talk about music, then our kids are in. But, it didn't have to be us. Yeah, it wasn't parents yeah. forcing them into a discipleship, mentoring, whatever. Oh, you got to go to youth group, which we did all those things, too. But but this was those consistent regular, periodic, informal, casual uh, interactions.
2: That turn into great friendships, really, and good relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. And and I know exactly what you're talking about. So in in junior high school and in senior high school, during the summertime, uh, when I wasn't working at church camp, I dug ditches and foundations for a contractor who was also the computer teacher in high school, who was also a believer, who was also my neighbor. And he poured his life into me, one shovel full of dirt or one bucket full of cement at a time, and yeah. he's the one that shaped my my initial career. He said, "Jimmy, you need to get into computers. That's the wave of the future. And I'm like, well, this guy told me I should do that. I should probably do that. Yeah. Even though my father says, no, that's not a good idea. But my father wasn't a believer at the time. And this guy was. So I listened to him. But I, he poured his life very informal relationship. But I'll never forget the impact that Paul Conrad had on my life because he invested in me. And I was squirrely. I was a hard worker, but I was a little squirrely. You know, I I know that you're not arguing with that. Uh, no, you,
0: oh no, I've heard this. <laughs> I mean, you've shared this well, all of our part, all I'll of just, our married life part, okay. and you know, I I love the fact that yes, he was paying you a wage, but he saw it as so much more than that because you could work by, side by side with a teenager all day and not say anything productive. That's or fair. you can choose to be intentional and feed into that person to see them grow and be nurtured and Really, that's what we're talking about here. So oh, Jim wants to ask you something else. Well,
1: I, I just right now in your life, do you let's just start with you, Liz. Do you have a Pauline and a a Barbie <laughs> and a, 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 a Simone um, in their life? I mean, do you have a do you have a, do yeah, you have a, Paula and and a Tina. Tina and a <laughs> Tina? OK.
2: Oh, my gosh, that's so funny a pauline a barbie and a tina
3: he had to go there
2: i think okay. it's it's a new sitcom or something um yeah actually i would say that i'm consistently have had barnabases and timothy's in my life i okay. always am looking for uh friends who are doing what i'm doing they have the same values um or our kids maybe connect or our couples connect wherever i'm Volunteering or working, and um, super intentional about that. And we've moved twelve times, so we had a lot of restarts. Um, mm-hmm. That we had to pursue people and knock on doors and make cookies, and introduce ourselves, and seek people out. So that hasn't been a, um, hard. But now I am actually week three, week four into meeting with someone that I'm not paying to be my <laughs> pal. And what I mean by that is a counselor, a life coach, somebody that I'm. You know, scheduling time out for a season, and I love that too. I mean, we've had—I had a spiritual director I worked with for six months about three years ago, four years ago, and that's a person who just creates space for you of where you hear God. Um, you know, where do you see God moving? And she just really, in a time that I was uh, needing joy or more hope, it was really great to meet with her. And she's so wise, and we were in the Word together the whole time. It was just really beautiful, and I. I say that is a pall in my life for sure. I just, I needed that. Um, and then um, a life coach November through this last May, you know, working with me, which is so great. And um, again, a spirit filled situation where we were in the word together and she was, you know, meeting me right where I was and asking my questions. So, but now it's a gal named Mary who um, was in our lives when we moved to Minnesota and those um, Martha, your parents, Levin- Mary Lubinsky, And I had been, encouraging several people over the last six months. You know, you really need to be working and discipling someone or mentoring someone. It's just, it's so great to be in a situation um, where you're living your life out loud in front of people, vulnerable. It just really sharpens your focus and your quiet time and being intentional with these people. And, you know, we're in our 50s now. We have something to say and we kind of have a, a badge where maybe people will listen to us now, right? And but I said, man, I keep saying that, but I'm not meeting with someone right now. And so I told John, I go, I think I called Mary Lipinski. I haven't talked with her in months and months. Um, I'm just wondering if she would do that with me and do Zoom because she's in Minnesota. Well, I didn't call her, just I don't know why. I kept wanting it, but I just didn't pick up the phone and call. And she texted me one day and said, I had this great memory of when Ryan was little. She was a big part of our life when our youngest was born. And uh, it just made me smile and made me think of you and I really miss you. And so I picked the phone up and I said, Hey, Mary.
1: (laughs) Hey, Mary. God's been telling me to call you for three months, but I've been ignoring God. And so I'm glad you listened to God. (laughs) And called me to kind of get this conversation. What
2: I'll say is I feel so strongly about it, but all of my attention and focus have really been preparing for who I'm mentoring. And like we have this newly married group that we love and there's eight couples, but I talk with these eight girls individually every week by text continuing on a conversation we might have had. Oh, there's the locusts. Um, and then we're meeting with them on the weekends. And so that's so much time. I, I wasn't deciding that it was worth making more room for me to prepare and meet with someone who would be a Paul to me. And so the beautiful thing was um, we both acknowledged the Holy Spirit's, you know, moving in both of our hearts and bringing our paths together because she's like, well, I never really have done that, but I just signed up at my church to do this for a younger girl. And I've been preparing for six weeks for it. We're starting this week. So I'm saying yes to you because that's all I've been doing this summer is preparing to mentor someone.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. And to be able to see God's hand in that timing of all of it. So, John, I just want to ask you, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, you're continuing to look for where God wants you to be. And, and I think that's a big key to this conversation. But, sure. John, has there been a time in your life when you haven't had um, these relationships? And
3: why? Yeah, I, as I think about that, there's seasons in life, I think, that God intentionally puts you in uh, because there's some things that you need to learn. I, I tend to run with the throttle wide open. And uh, there's a famous line, if, you, uh, if you're if you a movie buff, Hunt for Red October, um, where the submarines are have their sonar on, which all of us have our sonar on. I'm always looking like, where's God moving, trying to, to go where he is. Um, but there's a line in that hunt for red October that their sonar, they're actively pinging their sonar, but they're going too fast to hear the response. So if you're going too fast, it's very difficult for you to hear the response from what's coming back for your sonar. So I think there's been times in my life where I haven't had that, that I'm supposed to be spend more time in quiet time, more time in the word uh, and in seasons, full seasons of time just studying and preparing and then all of a sudden the right person crosses paths and then something big happens, which has happened in in several occasions. So, um, I, I think those seasons are intentional. And now I think I tend to look for them, um, for a chance to slow down a bit.
2: Well, it kind of came with our moves too. When you're resetting in a new city, in a new Mm -hmm. place, there's a season where we, we didn't maybe have that, um, and, you know, that was a time before Zoom calls. We could always pick up the phone and call someone. We've always had support. Mm-hmm. Always, always. And so our first priority was to get in a small group wherever we were. And so I think some of these relationships are naturally happening. Yeah. And that's how I met, you know, this guy, Mary. They were leading our small group. So we probably always had great things being spoken over us. And we were in front of people to be vulnerable and practice those things, but not intentionally. But we'd say, right now I'm being mentored by this person. Yeah.
1: I love the transparency. And we're grateful for that. You know, Martha, sometimes our daily, I work for Empower Thoughts that are playing on radio stations, people can listen on Facebook, they can listen, they can subscribe to them on Apple podcasts. Mm -hmm. Those can be like having a recorded Paul or Barnabas in your life. Uh, And I just want to encourage your listeners, you can subscribe to the weekday podcast. It's five days a week that gives you a minute of either encouragement or challenge. Depends on whether Martha's reading it or I'm reading it or either way. But as you head into your workday, you can listen to this. And we're going to put the link to subscribing to our Power Thoughts right there uh, on today's show. But you can also find our power thoughts on our website or on our Facebook feed. We'd encourage you to get checked, uh, connected to them. Uh, we put a lot of time and effort into writing that one minute that it can just impact and get your day started. I, I want to take the, the final part of our conversation, John and Liz, I- even deeper because everybody's going, okay, great. Love the conversation. Yes, I need to have a mentor in my life. Yes, I need to have an encourager in my life. Yes, I need to have somebody I'm pouring my life into. How do I get started? What do you think? Give some advice.
3: Okay, so this is big for me. Uh, when we moved back to Kansas City, I had a pastor friend uh, that knew both of us, actually, um, had a, a deeper history with Liz, called me and said, I'm really being stirred by God, and I've read this book, and I, I want to run something by you. And, and it's turned into a truly life-changing event that's going to answer exactly what you just asked, Jim. Um, hit the, the theory of the book that he read was that you take, you invite two men to do this informal mentoring. I'll call it mentoring. I call it accountability. Um, and you, you really, you just say, I just want to meet with you, but I want this to be serious and I want it to be weekly breakfast. You don't have to prep. You don't have to do homework, but you have to come ready to be transparent. And so you make that commitment and you're going to do it for a year. And in that year, you're going to meet every week. If you're traveling, you just have to coordinate it. But basically, you're gonna you're gonna meet once a week, and you're gonna answer four questions: How's your relationship with God this week? How is your relationship with your spouse this week? How is your re- relationship with your kids or significant others if your kids are gone? Uh, and then, what are you tempted and struggling with? Well, that that changes every week, and if you're transparent, that you can that change answers. wildly. Yeah, your your, your answers, changed. yeah, your your life circumstance, uh, and and so he asked if I would do that. And I did it for a year. And he said, now here's the deal. If you're going to do it, though. I want you to do it for a year. And then I want you to be committed that at a year, we're going to be really comfortable with each other. And we're going to have been so honest. You're going to want to stay in this group. And I'm going to say no and say, we're going to break it a year. And you're going to go find two new people. And the theory is that this is going to exponentially grow. And we're, you're going to grow this body of believers that are men that typically don't want to get together and talk but you're just going to keep exponentially growing this. Well, that was 13 years ago for me. And so I've done that 13 times. I counted up a little bit in preparation for this, that there's been 27 men that I've met with over 13 years. Mm. And I, I will tell you regretfully that maybe less than one hand is the number of men, every single one, 100% said it was one of the best years they've ever had, but less than 10 have gone on to do it that second year. And it is that simple, Jim, you asked, what do you do? You just have to pick two people and ask them to meet for breakfast. And that is so hard for us as believers. These are people who poured into each other for a year that struggle.
2: And some weren't even Christians.
3: For a few, a handful were were not.
2: Just seeking, didn't really know.
3: Yeah, so I've had... I've met with some Pauls, some Barnabses, and some Timothys all throughout that period. So it, it can be all three. It doesn't have to be always somebody that's um, chronic, chronologically superior to you or um, somebody that's not. But anyway, um, it it has been life-changing for me. I know it's been life-changing for them, but the challenge is, and I start working up as we're working towards the end of the year, just, just motivating them and saying, this isn't a bible study you you're not you don't have to have a whole bunch of embedded knowledge you're not teaching you're simply setting up a breakfast time right so um so anyway so the answer to your question is you, you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone and ask and mm. but it, every single year it's just it's fresh and new and incredible so anyway it was it's been hugely life changing for me
0: and I love the fact that it is not. I mean, there are great programs out there, but this is not. This is real, authentic, transparent conversation with four very simple yet hard to qu- ask questions each and every week. So, Liz, the same thing for you. What is, the, how does it look practically for you right now?
2: So, I think it's also for me just praying and asking the Lord. Who needs this? So I do pray about that because I'm wanting to start a Bible study in September. And I'm like, oh, man, it's already mid-August. I don't know who's ready to do this. And so I'm just committing to pray for that. I bought the books and everything. But I also have called our church before and asked, I think I alluded to this earlier, is there somebody here in the congregation that you would suggest I could call that might want to meet with me? Um, and I have been a person twice that younger girls in just awesome maturity have called the church and said, I really need someone to mentor me. Do you know somebody older that would be willing to do it? And both times they're like, Liz Jacobs would do that. (laughs) Uh, And it, and I can't, and I just got to make room. Like for me, if someone's asking, unless I'm sick or have some tragedy or something we're dealing with, um, I just have to say, yes, you just have to. So be available to say yes, and somebody offers it up. But also, I've been just seeking out some people who are central to like our church, mostly around our church, um, to say. There was a gal who is my age who said, I was teaching her son piano, and she said, I just want to know if we could meet for, and I was like, I like definite weeks of time. Could we do a semester, and it turned into being two years, where you would mentor me? And I looked at her, and I go, that's dumb. We're the same age. What are you talking about? You became a Christian when you were six. I know, but I think I just need to meet with someone. And so we would laugh because we knew a lot of the same people. But if we were out walking together, we would walk and pray. Um, It was a very physically active thing we did, which is so great. And if we saw someone, she'd always say, Liz is mentoring me. And I'd be like, I think Sandy is mentoring me. Um, but But it was really good. I think she needed a friend. They had a lot of great friends, but she was finding that people just were not willing to be vulnerable. And I think she got that vibe from me. And She just needed someone that would just not only hear her vulnerable heart to say, yeah, I get that. Me, too. Or, yeah, I don't know. I really struggle with this, you know, instead of be like where she couldn't feel like she could ever be honest with people because they would Mm -hmm. talk
1: about her or whatever. Liz, you just said something. Okay. you know, uh, know, she said you're mentoring her, but you're saying, but I'm getting mentored. I I imagine both of you would say that no matter who you're pouring your life into, it always goes both ways, doesn't it?
2: It does, and I think the goal of having Timothys in your life is to bring them to a part where you're then you're walking together. And so that changes after time, too. I and thought
1: I that was something that could help it. us with our cell phones. I mean, I thought, I, I thought well, that's,
0: a- that's a benefit, too. Okay. But, you know, that, that really um, speaks true of the couples that you're feeding into because as we feed into other couples, it grows your own marriage as right.
3: well. It sure does. Oh, it sure it does. yeah. Yeah, sure. we're, that, yes. that's been, um, you know, the seeing seeing all these young young marrieds uh, and just getting to hang out with them and see their energy, and, and yeah. we pour into them. We keep saying, we're not teaching them anything. We're just sharing our experiences and all of the mistakes we've made and all the things that we've learned, um, and we get so much back from them. And yeah, it's
1: great. You're just living life together. John and yeah. Liz Jacobs, phenomenal conversation. We encourage everybody listening to be just like John and Liz. Pour your life into somebody else.
2: <laughs> well, that's, that's what right. I hate. Mean. That's okay. It's all right. Okay. You need to edit that out. (laughs) No, I'm not editing that out. We
1: don't edit anything on this show. But John and Liz, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for encouraging all of us to pour our lives into others and to get people to to invest in our lives, but to hold people accountable, to be involved in mentoring, discipling, relationship, whatever you want to call it, but just to be a Paul and a Barnabas and a Timothy, maybe all at the same time to different people. But thank you, John and Liz.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys for having us. And thank you for what you do in inspiring people at work to bring your faith outside of just what happens casually on the weekends or in your home and, and go to work with you because uh, it, it's it's truly inspirational what you guys are doing um, beyond the topic of this, but your work is incredible. Um, it matters greatly. Thanks for what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's, it's a you. privilege. Always
1: a privilege. Hey, there's so many tools available, but what really matters is that you make your heart and your life available to others. If you're interested in a journey of mentoring others to impact the kingdom, reach out to me. Jim at iWorkForM.com and we can chat some more. You've been listening to I work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work for him. We have an app for that? What? An app for cybersecurity for all your devices? Are you a business owner concerned about cybersecurity? SaferNet VPN offers the perfect solution. Protect your company and family with a single app. With our cloud connected cybersecurity platform, enjoy VPN internet controls and virus protection stay safe online with SaferNet VPN today get secured now sign up at SaferNet.com that's SaferNet.com
0: did you know that God has a calling on your life? it's true he's called you to bring Jesus to the world for some that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field but for most of us it looks like a construction site a cubicle a hospital or a classroom wherever it is that you work live volunteer and invest that is your mission field to learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him, by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore.
1: Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at IWorkForhim For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I work For Him and online at IWorkForHim.com. I work, the number four, him.com.